Welcome to Education Currents, a show designed to provide educational news and commentary from a Christian worldview. The greatest resource any community has is its children. And by providing for them the best possible education, we are providing for ourselves and future generations. Join us as we explore the latest social and political issues surrounding education today. Welcome, welcome. I'm here with Tony Hall, who is the Director of Program for United Prison Ministries International. Thank you for joining Oh, us. it's my pleasure, my pleasure. I don't know if you have a statistic in mind, but I know that in my experience, incarceration touches my life through, through uh, friends and everything. So this is such an important thing. I want to tell our listeners a little bit about you. You started... United Prison Ministries in New York City, serving the family service, serving the family service Serve, division, right, as of chaplain New York State. Yes. for New York State, and you ministered to families on behalf of inmates and chaplains inside the institutions. You began working with United Prison Ministries in 1982 full time, and took some time off, but then you returned in 2007 to develop the regenerative concept. And I love that. And so is the regenerative concept an ex-offender network, is that apart from or is it part of United Prison Ministries? It is now a part of. I worked with United Prison Ministries since 1982 up to 2007 for 25 years. And then because United Prison Ministries was not ready to do transitional ministries working with people once they came out of prison then I resigned to go and develop that part of the work uh, which is the re-entry part once a person make a decision on the inside they needed a support system on the outside so I started that and I did that up until 2013 where I came back to United Prison Ministries to bring that part uh, into focus. So, uh, tell me a little bit about what United Prison Ministries does now. United Prison Ministries continue to supply materials, Christian materials in prisons. We, we supply these materials to individuals in prisons who request them and those who we work with uh, as our uh, volunteers go in to do chaplain services. Plus, we mail them in or ship them in by the thousands for the libraries of prisons across the country. So let's say I'm an inmate. How can I get a Bible? All an inmate has to do is write us, and we will send the Bible. And are you always, uh, does it have to be a new Bible? I mean, can people donate Bibles to United Prison Ministries? It's not a good idea. The prison uh, frown on anything that doesn't come from a publisher. Okay. So, uh, and the Bibles cannot be leather bound. They have to be paper bound because of security. Things can be hidden in certain objects and so forth. And you can go to the website. It's www.upmi, which stands for United Prison Ministries International.org. And you can learn more. You can learn how to donate. Maybe the Lord's putting that on your heart that you need to donate to this. Maybe, you've, maybe your family's been impacted by incarceration and you know the 
burden and the only hope really is Jesus. Amen. Amen. So let's talk about some of the stories or experiences that you've had in this. I mean, you've had a long, wonderful legacy. So maybe tell us a story about one of your first experiences, and then maybe you can, we can come back with a story that's more recent. Well, since you said first experience, by the time I was 20 years old, I had been incarcerated 14 times in eight mm. states. I had OD'd on drugs three times to the point where the doctors pronounced me clinically dead twice. Then I was incarcerated at Rikers Island, New York. And during my time there, my life was threatened uh, because of my big mouth. <laughs> and and uh, Just the man for the job. Just the right? man for the job. And it uh, happened so that uh, a recruiter from Phoenix House, a rehab program, came in, offered me an opportunity if it was my first offense. It was my first offense in the state of New York. So I did have a drug problem. And rather than go to prison from there, they actually sent me to a rehab program for 18 months for probation. Took my Bible and developed a program with my Bible and the information that was offered in the rehab. And I got myself clean. Ended up graduating. I uh, got my GED uh, Went on to college, ended up in New York Theological Seminary, and became a chaplain for the state of New York. <laughs> so that Praise was an experience. God. That Praise was God. my first experience. I mean, we and we would love for our listeners, our young listeners, yes. to skip all that and go into ministry without having to go through that hard, those hard knocks of drug addiction and. Um, I don't know what all you were incarcerated yes. for, but usually there's theft. All of the all, above. <laughs> all those other things. Yes. And as you became a chaplain, you used your experiences to encourage and inspire others. That's exactly what happened. Uh, I was hired because of my experience and my being in seminary. Uh, to do just that, to inspire others to not follow me. Uh, and like you said, I was a young person who got involved early in life in criminal activity. It was the environment that I grew up in. It was the uh, role models that I had and, and so forth. Um, I would inspire most young people not to uh, even try or even play with uh, that lifestyle because it is dangerous and very few make it out of it. If you live a life that is clean and healthy and, and, and stay in school and do the things that you're instructed to do by parents and teachers, uh, you can avoid that. But your experience would be even richer if you're able to say that I did overcome even though I was in that environment and was tempted by those things. At looking back at it, what would you say was the most, the biggest con contribution or lack of contribution? In other words, did you not have parents? Well, I never knew my father. Uh, uh, I was raised by my great aunt, and um, I didn't have a big brother or uh, someone to uh, kind of guide me in the mm -hmm. right direction. Uh, but the choices I made was my downfall because I did have opportunities. There were people in my life who gave positive mentorship, but I just chose not to follow, chose not to. I'm 
just astounded when I talk to people like you who have who look like they're on the most self-destructive path. You know, and it would be a, a heartbreak for any parent or anyone who loved you yes. to see that path that you're on. Yes. Is there any one particular person who maybe was praying for you? My or? great aunt. My <laughs> great aunt. Uh, she was my guardian, and uh, she would pray for me out loud. She would call my name in her prayers. She would scare us. She would sing songs to God and mention our name in the song, you know. Um, I, she was a God-fearing person, and she loved God, and she loved us. And it confused me, you know, to uh, witness this, you know. And but, 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 but at 20 years old, when I shared how I changed my lifestyle, or when my lifestyle did change, it was because of her prayers and because of her counsel. You say we were, did you have siblings? I have seven. Seven, seven siblings. Seven siblings, And yes. where, what birth order are you in? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. I'm the oldest. Now, did others follow your path? Not really. Not really. I have one brother that got into some trouble, uh, but he was like 30 years old by the time this took place. But the rest did pretty good. Praise God. Yes. So, because I think, uh, I think where you're at now, you would feel quite guilty if, you had led all of your younger siblings astray. It was my intention. <laughs> it was my intention to do that. But uh, again, I, when I was in Rikers Island, um, there was a Bible in this segregated cell that I was in that um, I was protected before I went to court from the guys that was going to hurt me because of my mouth. There was a Bible on the table. Wow. And um, even though I had been around Bibles, I had never read or opened a Bible to read. And uh, this Bible was there. I was afraid to touch the Bible. <laughs> I had seen vampire movies mm-hmm. and werewolves, and, and they would touch a Bible and implode, you know. <laughs> I thought that would happen to wow. me. I thought that I was evil. I was a little devil. You know, I really thought those things. But I did open that Bible, and I opened that Bible to the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6. And uh, I heard Jesus say, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And to me, well, maybe you'll understand this, but to me, he was a gangster. (laughs) And, and, And my inspirations was to be a gangster. So he got my attention that way. And from then on, I've never never lost faith, never backslid, never put the Bible down from that day forward. <laughs> and it has been my comfort. Uh, I became a Christian that day. I was a baby. I didn't know anything, but I was a Christian. I was a follower of Jesus from that day since. Amen. We have to take a break right here. But when we come back, I want to talk about your gangster Lord. I just love that. We'll be right back. Like a little child, the toddler stood looking out at the waves. He seemed mesmerized. As he dashed toward the water, his father followed. As the waves rolled toward him, the toddler ran back. Then he noticed the two-foot cliff of sand behind him. He ran to it and tried to climb up, 
but with every tiny foothold the sand gave way. He tried harder grabbing the top of the cliff with his hands and then going to another part of the cliff. It was no use. With frustration he cried and flung himself at the cliff, face into the sand. He wanted up, but how? His father came behind him and carved some steps out of the sand. The toddler still needed his feet guided into the etched steps, and his father held his hands under the toddler's feet to ensure that he would make it to the top. In two seconds, the toddler was at the top and running on the smooth plateau of sand with his father running behind him. I watched this spiritual experience between father and son, the toddler's sense of self-accomplishment, and the father's amusement. Like a little child, the spiritual journey of infants and toddlers. For more information, go to educationcurrents.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Rose Gamblin, and I come to you each week through the programs of Education Currents and Homeschool Companion. And I'm so blessed to be part of MRG Media Radio Ministry, and I'm giving you the opportunity to be part of it too. We can't stay on the air without your financial support, so take a moment right now during our fundraiser to call you with a gift of any size. As a token of my appreciation for your gift, I have a gift for you, so be sure you call. And my gifts consist of books from different guests that I've had on the show and different topics that I've done, and I also have... Some books that I've written that I've autographed for you. So be sure and call us 301-824-3162. That's 301-824-3162. Or write to MRG Media at P.O. Box 413, Smithsburg, Maryland, 21783. That's P.O. Box 413, Smithsburg, Maryland, 21783. Welcome back. I'm talking with Tony Hall, who is the director for the United Prison Ministries International and has served for served them since around 1982. Great legacy there. We were talking about your experience and God's never-ending reach for you. And you mentioned about, you know, you love the idea that Jesus was a gangster, and uh, so I wanted to unpack that just briefly, but I like the idea that Jesus reaches us where we at, are at or where we want to be. So when I think of gangster, I think of someone who's brave and someone who, you've already talked about how you would, your mouth got you into a lot of trouble, you know, would say the things as you saw them to be. And Jesus certainly has said the things. When he was on earth, he stood up to those Pharisees. I mean, people can talk about the beautiful love of Jesus, but he he told them, you know, you're a bunch of whited sepulchers, or you're a bunch of vipers, you know. His mouth got him into trouble. He actually went to trial because he was accused of blaspheming God, because he said it how it was. Exactly. So those attributes really do did speak to you they attracted me to jesus um i saw him as one who said what he mean and he mean what he said 
And that was the only thing I respected during those days, you know. Yes. And um, so and, and I still respect him now on those same principles because he still means yes. what he says. And he <laughs> says what he means. <laughs> Amen. And I think that a young person, when they realize that, it fortifies them against so much. So moving on then, you met Jesus. You were a baby, uh, uh, just a baby follower. And did you do any more mistakes? Did you, you know, how, how did you grow in a, an environment like a prison? Well, it was step by step. Um, I, 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 I continued to study the Word of God. I, I read like if, well, search the Word, search the Scripture. What is that, Second Timothy 2.15? Mm-hmm. Uh, study to show thyself approved under God, uh, Romans 8. Well, however, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on the radio and I don't have my Bible in my hand, but um, study to show thyself approved under God as a workman that needeth yes. not to be ashamed, but rightly yeah. dividing the word of truth. And and so I started to study the Bible on my own. I, I just studied the Bible. I would pray and then I would do my best to witness what I was studying and praying about. And uh, I found myself uh, sharing you know, how to overcome drug addiction. Um, I, I, I read from, from the scriptures, John chapter 13, 30, I mean, John chapter 15, 5, the last part of it says, without me, you can do nothing. So I thought about that and I said, well, uh, without the power of God in my life, I cannot overcome my addiction. I can't overcome my thrill for uh, uh, criminal activity. And then I read what Paul would say in Philippians 4.13, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I had no other excuses to get involved in criminal activity or drug abuse after that because I accepted. I could do nothing without him, and I believed that I could do all things through him. And But when I did get off track, then that was that next one, 1 John 1 and 9. I confessed yes. that I was wrong, but the word of God was right. Yes. And then I found him to be just to forgive me and cleanse me from all of that unrighteousness. And I just continued until I grew strong enough to actually um, stay away from that activity that uh, uh, would bring me down. And do you think that United Prison Ministries could have flourished under anybody else's leadership. Well, it did. See, I only became director uh, shortly, a couple of years ago, uh, actually a few few years ago. Uh, but my point is the leadership of United Prison Ministry is the Word of God. Uh, no matter who take responsibility for the day-to-day routine, it is the Word of God. It's sticking to what the Word of God says, and that's what makes us successful We have been very successful in the prison where we plant the seed, help develop character, and help give opportunity to make decisions to have a Christ lifestyle. But we learned here lately that we need to build a transitional center because we build a strong support center in the prison with the Word of God. But when those come out of the prison, they need a support system. And that's what United Prison Ministers International became to me when I first uh, came involved in the uh, in United Prison Ministries International. 
That's that's beautiful. What about the, that inmate that can't read? I mean, there are a lot of inmates now that are either uh, maybe they have a learning disability or they didn't have the benefit of having a good education and they can't read well. Well, there are three ways we work with that. We help them read by asking them to repeat what we are saying and they actually have the Bible in front of them. And so they are hearing it, they are saying it, and then they are reading it. So when you use all three, after a while, it becomes very common uh, what's being said. And reading become, um, I believe, is a good way of learning to read yes. because we've seen so many. Yes. And uh, at first we were surprised, but we found that without the Word of God, you can do nothing. But you can, with the Word of God, do all things. Yes, and so that reading means is learning one of those to things. read. Yes, yes. even yes. if you're dyslexic or yes or whatever learning yes. disability you yes. have, I have seen that also in my experience okay. teaching young young people to read. Yes, that starting just with a simple memory verse, teaching them to be able to read that God's power. I mean, He is the source of all wisdom. Yes. His power can help counteract some of these learning disabilities that we often use as a crutch. That is true. Well, we're almost to the end of the show, and I wondered if you would just, you know, I'm sure I've forgotten to ask some important questions, so maybe you can just uh, share with us where Prison Ministries is going, and uh, we'll remind our listeners they can go to your website to donate upmi.org very easy to remember United Prison Ministries Internationals.org it's just their initials upmi.org so what would you what would experience or thought would you like to share with us to take us to the close of this show United Prison Ministries have a vision to unite prison ministries around the country and around the world in we have a three stage program the first stage is to uh, develop character, uh, a type of character that desire to overcome negative lifestyle and take on a Christ-like lifestyle. United Prison Ministries International's vision is to create a transitional center, an intake center, and help others develop transitional programs uh, throughout the country. And what it would do is when they come out of prison, we could be an intake center and develop an assessment where we can know the strengths and the needs of those we're working with and be able to send them to other ministries that can meet those needs and build on those strengths. Because the third stage is to uh, bring them into the church to stabilize them into families and stabilize them into communities. We're fighting recidivism. Recidivism Mm -hmm. is a three-year time frame where the system has said, if you can stay out of prison three years, then we're successful. So we're working Mm -hmm. on that. We have been very successful at it to the point where when we go to the parole board to represent someone in prison, just our appearance there the parole board says we're going to give them a chance because of our track record. And our track record for the last eight years, no one has returned to prison. And we have worked with sex offenders majorly because no one else would work with them. So we have worked with some hard cases, but using the New Star Regeneration Therapeutic Concept, 
we have been successful because we believe that you go beyond rehabilitation, beyond recovery to regeneration. Amen. That's such a message of hope. I've been talking to Tony Hall from United Prison Ministries International, and be sure and go to their website to learn more. Thank you so much. I have one last thing to say, and that is God bless. God bless you. You have been listening to Education Current, a production of MRG Media Ministries. For more on this or to contact us, go to mrgmediaministries.com. That's all one word, mrgmediaministries.com.